Hello and welcome to the show. Many of you are probably wondering what the fuck is going on. Well, you're not alone. As I said on the last episode, I am changing the format of this show so that I am now chronicling how businesses are reacting to the coronavirus. My hope is to do many different types of businesses. I think all entrepreneurs and businesses are affected in different ways. Last episode, we spoke to the founders of Egg Shop. That is a restaurant business with two locations. Obviously, the virus hit them particularly hard. And today, I am speaking to Chris Weikert, who is the co-founder and CEO of Koyo, a direct-to-consumer shoe company based in New York City. And over the last four years or so, they have been steadily growing their business online. In a lot of ways, they have innovated in a category that, at the time, I didn't feel was particularly in need of innovation, which is obviously a testament to the founders and, I think, a big reason why they have been able to continue to innovate through this challenging time. So it was really fun having a conversation about that and about how their business is working through this time. A few highlights of the show. As of now, they're keeping all of their employees on salary. They have shut down all of their retail stores and they have adjusted their product line to selling things that are relevant and adding value to their customers. Obviously, the future is still unknown in large part, but seems like they're doing a great job at this point. We also talk about how this crisis will impact the world of online direct-to-consumer businesses. He had a really interesting perspective on that. This is a topic that I think will continue to unfold in relatively dramatic fashion over the coming weeks and months. So I hope to continue to speak to that. Again, this is an episode I really enjoyed and we had actually never met even though we have folks in common. And finally, I encourage you to give me feedback, shoot me a note, refer anybody you think I should have on the show, anybody whose story you think needs to be told, or just somebody that you'd like to hear from, please reach out. Okay, sit back, relax, and enjoy. Thank you so much for being on the show. As I mentioned, um, I've been a fan of the business for a long time. And one of the things I've, I've said about Koyo over the years is I've just been impressed by, it's one of those businesses that I just keep hearing about and hearing about and hearing about. And it's just a testament to the founders having real staying power. I mean, it's, four, it's over four years old now at this point. And every day a startup continues to grow and be relevant. It just has felt like you guys have grown in a really manageable, steady pace. So it suggests to me that you'll be around for a long time. Anyway, thanks for being on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, and I, I, uh, I really do appreciate it. Obviously, with what's happening in the world, I think one of the things that's missing is stories about specific businesses and how they're being impacted by this. So to start, though, I think it'd be helpful for you just to introduce yourself and, and Koyo and tell us a little bit about the business. Yeah, for sure. So I'm Chris. I'm one of the two founders and CEOs of the business. Um, my co-founder and I were both German and we started the company roughly four years ago upon graduating from Wharton. And um, yeah, the basic premise or idea was that we wanted to build a modern version of the luxury brand. We were big fans of the craftsmanship and quality aspects of especially sneakers of traditional luxury brands. But we felt that those brands weren't really speaking to us, the millennial customer anymore, as they felt very outdated, high priced and just out of touch with what was going on. 
So our goal was to build yet yeah, this modern version of a luxury brand and to really make luxury less about exclusivity, make it more attainable and make it more personal. And, and when did you launch the business officially? Officially, we launched um, in 2015. But our first year, first real year where we were working full time on this was 2016, which was also the year when we put our seed funding in place. Yeah, I remember that. I remember when it, when it launched. I was, as you know, I was <laughs> in the shoe business as well at that time. Can you just give us a little bit of insight and background into your growth and size and revenue, whether you don't have to share revenue necessarily, but just general growth and size from when you started to where you are today? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we've been, as you said earlier, like really growing this business steadily um, over the last four years. We've been more than doubling our revenue every year, pretty much. Um, at the same time, trying to maintain a manageable level of headcount. In our headquarters, we're like 12 people. And then right now, we also have four retail stores in New York, Los Angeles, Miami, and San Francisco, and have around five people in each of these locations. But um, it's still all like, yeah, very manageable at this point. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about as the news started to break nationally about the coronavirus, can you walk us through a little bit about how you reacted to it starting from the beginning? I mean, it hasn't been that long, but so much has happened. It feels like the world is a different place every single day. How did you react when it first started to break and then walk me through it to today? Yeah, so um, we've been working remotely now for three and a half weeks. I think we were one of the first companies in New York to like switch to that mandate. And that was really thanks to my co-founder, uh, to be completely frank. I was a little naive at the beginning and didn't want to accept the major implications of this when it started happening like four weeks ago and when we started to feel the initial ramifications in New York. But he really like convinced me that we should act fast, be one of the first movers here. So that's what we did. Um, we first shut down our office, then two days later decided to close all our retail stores while other stores were still operating. And um, we've kept all our employees on so far. Um, and are planning to keep doing that because we want to like offer some kind of protection and during that time. We've all switched to working remotely and I must say that the team has been working really hard and really well remotely. We're having like daily check-in and check-out calls um, on Zoom to make sure everybody's on top of it. We're going through what we want to accomplish in the day and I was initially worried that it may lead to a decline in productivity, but I, I don't think that's the case. Everybody's super committed and working really hard. So really appreciate that from the entire team. So I think we're, we're in a special situation because we're really impacted by this virus from all sides. I think the key areas of where we are feeling this or where the virus is like mainly impacting the world are in Italy and in, in New York right now. And those are like the centerpieces of our business. So all our production, 100% um, is done in Italy. And right now our manufacturers are closed. They haven't had cases of coronavirus there, but at the same time, the government mandated a complete shutdown. So this is impacting our, our spring summer orders and stuff that we've ordered that is being delayed. 
then we're impacted in it by it in New York because people are yeah staying at home. The use case for having shoes and going outside and going to social events has definitely decreased, and we're we're noticing that. And it has yeah it has changed like the entire way how we work how we operate. We're in very very close communication with our lead investors and board members like. Originally, we have a board meeting every three months, right? Currently, we have a board meeting every two to four weeks where we're like constantly preparing updates and discussing what we should be doing. So I think key right now is having very close communication with everyone and making sure to keep productivity high and to try to innovate as much as possible. And are you in a, is your mindset in a conserve cash space or are you in a innovate to continue to sell product and optimize and get creative on how to convert new customers or are you in just shut things down and conserve cash? Um, I think it's a balance. Um, the, our first reaction was, of course, to try to preserve cash as much as possible. And we've implemented that. We've been talking to our partners in every aspect of the business, whether it's our accountant, whether it's our landlords, whether it's our agencies that we're working with and found new agreements with them to lower the cost. We have adjusted our marketing spend heavily downward for two reasons. A, people are not really in the spending mode right now. And B, you, we also don't want to like bombard people with shoe advertisement while there is much more important things going on in the world. So we've started focusing on cost first and then quickly switched to what can we do that is actually providing value to customers. And the few things that we, that we have done and that we're implementing and executing right now is we came out with a work from home care package. It's consisting of uh, slippers that we yeah, designed and turned around super quickly within like two weeks. And we came out with work from home tube socks that launched last week and they've had a very positive resonance so far. People are loving this. Um, and it's just a fun thing to talk about and to, to do. Uh, at the same time, we, well, up until two weeks ago, we had never done a sale, sample sale, any kind of promotion or discount code for our business at all. And now, um, during this time, um, wanted to provide some sort of ease for our customers as well to make sure that they can, we know that many people have been laid off, have lower salaries, so we needed to provide some sort of ease to keep them interested in the, in, in the company. And um, started doing our weekly promotions where every week we have different items that are going on sale and different themes. And that has been po very positively received so far too. Yeah, I, that's great. I think it's such a blessing to be able to innovate that quickly and to evolve your business and respond to that quickly. I think it's definitely one of the one of the advantages of being an e-commerce business with a relatively low headcount and sort of being able to put everybody in a room and, and change things around quickly. Do you think that this will have a, a ripple effect culturally in the world of direct consumer e-commerce businesses? I mean, not doing sales, spending heavily online, acquiring customers in a very digital focused way. What do you think the ripple effects, what ripple effects do you feel like this will have? Or maybe just for your business specifically moving forward, what do you think the ripple effects or the long-term impact will be just from a cultural and a marketing perspective? Yeah, I think there will be many ripple effects. Actually, quite frankly, um, we started noticing a change in the whole direct-to-consumer landscape already towards the end of last year and beginning of this year with the Casper IPO and generally the whole investing environment for DTC brands getting harder. And I think this will only like 
foster this effect and, and make the effects of this stronger. So right now, it, or in the long run, it's not going to be about just acquiring a new customer, pumping money into online marketing to show growth. But I think it's really important that we are focused on building a business that is sustainable, that is authentic, and that is going to be self-sustaining and profitable rather sooner than later. Luckily, that has been or had been our provision from the beginning. We were never out to like really chase super high growth, but our goal was always to build a long-term sustainable brand um, without doing shortcuts. For us, that meant that we would be producing everything from start to finish in Italy, that we were not like doing shortcuts where we're importing most of the goods somewhere else and only doing the last production step in Italy. And this also meant that we would not spend more money than, than we were making. Um, and I think this puts us in a really good position right now um, in the sense that we, are, we know how to preserve cash, we know how to operate sustainably. Um, and I think this will only be a bigger focus afterwards. Uh, that's great to hear. <laughs> and I think that culturally, that, that approach from day one obviously puts you in a much better position today than, than other businesses potentially. Could you shed some light on how the, the coronavirus has impacted your business from a revenue perspective? You don't need to share specific numbers, but did you notice an immediate reaction to it? And has it continued to be dramatic or has it started to change or evolve or even out? What has been the impact from your business and, and what are you seeing as you look towards the, the coming months? Uh, well, the first direct impact was that we had to shut down our four retail locations so subsequently sales went to zero in those retail doors but we've also again as i mentioned earlier seen like a drop in revenues in the online channel given that people are mostly staying inside and our shoes are like a very social item right you wear them if you go on dates if you travel if, if you're going to work um, if you're leaving the house essentially so it has definitely impacted us yeah, we're, I think we're just riding this wave now, trying to stay strong and are trying to make the most of it. And we are already seeing that some of the demand is coming back, that people are thinking about investing into shoes for later on. Mm -hmm. um, maybe not for shoes that they need right now, but the shoes that they want to wear later this summer when things are back to normal. Overall, yeah, I really think that we're, we're going through a recession right now and that every company other than if you would be supplying like essential really essential goods um you will be going through a recession and you should prepare for that for the next few months absolutely so um the, my last question just is how, how can people participate and support your business and you all then how are you thinking about that in terms of how we can support each other and small businesses and growing businesses through this time yeah, I think what's really nice about what the one nice thing about the whole pandemic is how it has brought everyone together. I feel like no one is acting selfish. People are really like putting themselves together and acting as one human race trying to protect ourselves. And we've seen that with um, businesses like us, like providing donations to the Red Cross or to the food bank, um, making sure that the money is going to the places where it's needed most right now. We've seen it with other businesses that have been providing goods, medical supplies to these, um, to these places. And I think that's a very honorable thing, but it's also the the only thing that that matters right now and that we should be focused on.
Yeah, absolutely. Well, before I let you go, actually, I had one more question. What are your thoughts on, obviously, it's very much in vogue right now to talk about the direct consumer model and how it's been largely propped up by heavy venture investment and spending online and inefficient marketing spend and growth rate and a focus on potentially the not necessarily the sustainable way of building business, but the way to get to as big or as high a growth rate and as big a valuation as possible. What are your thoughts on how the coronavirus will impact those businesses? And how is the storm different for those businesses than it is for the rest of us? Um, I think these businesses are impacted the most and they're impacted the most drastically right away. We are seeing this. Um, we're seeing that many of these companies have had to do big rounds of layoffs already. I think that's the first impact that, and also how it is impacting our society. People were scaling for a future state, not necessarily for a state where they were in right now. So now knowing that that future state is yeah, delayed or not going to come ever in that way um, leads them to make very drastic, um, very quick decisions um, in order to be able to survive. I can imagine that some of these businesses will not even be able to survive and that there is generally a shift in perception on how we operate a business and how we are thinking about the future. There's going to be a little bit more caution. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm glad to hear that you you guys are feeling secure right now and keeping your staff hired as long as you can. I think that that's an amazing thing. And just uh, you're also able to pivot your business and evolve it to do things like robes and slippers. I think that's incredible. Uh, if there's anything I can do or, or any of our listeners can do to support, let us know. And when we publish the episode, I'll encourage people to do that. But thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. No, thank you very much. It was fun chatting with you. Yeah, really fun. And we'll speak soon. For sure, man. Sounds good. I'll end the episode. Hope to see you in person one day with Ari. Yeah, yeah. I'll end the episode there. But yeah, and I'd love let's get together when we're back in New York. I uh, truthfully have have just been a big fan of the way you guys have grown your business. And uh, let's get a beer when I'm back in New York. Let's do it, man. Stay safe. All the best. Enjoy your weekend. Take care, man. Speak soon.